hello and welcome back to Franklin Covey's On Leadership Series. By now, you probably are well aware my name is Scott Miller and I serve as your host and interviewer each week. If you're not subscribing to On Leadership, please do so. It is the world's now fastest growing and largest weekly newsletter dedicated to the topic of leadership development. Visit franklincovey.com, click on the On Leadership tab, and subscribe your friends, your family, your colleagues, your entire company. Each week we send out an email on Tuesday mornings, and it features a different interview each week. Someone that I and the production crew pick that we think has an especially unique insight around a topic of leadership. Might be a formal leadership topic or in your informal role as parent or friend or family member. We interview them either live here in the studio or on the screen from somewhere around the world. We post it to this newsletter along with a downloadable tool from Franklin Covey's large leadership tool chest as well as a blog post from me. And then about once a month or so, the production crew, the team behind the cameras here, invites me to share my own thoughts. Usually we call it Scott's thoughts, something that's unique around something I've learned on my own leadership journey. And today, I want to talk about the topic of vulnerability. So vulnerability is something that's kind of in vogue as of late. It's quite popular. Uh, Brene Brown, who is the social scientist, best-selling author, keynote speaker, I think has brought this, this leadership skill, this life skill, really to the forefront in her recent book, Dare to Lead, and the three or four books prior to that. Although I haven't seen it, I also understand that Brene has a one-hour special on Netflix that apparently is life-changing. My wife and I plan to watch it in the coming days. But I want to talk about that vulnerability isn't something that's just, you know, come up on the scene recently. I think it's been one of my leadership traits for the better part of my adult life. In fact, it may come as a surprise to you, but I actually have a fairly pronounced stutter. I am a stutterer have been my entire life. In fact, I've had braces twice. My parents, all through elementary school, put me through speech classes. I had a nearly full-time speech pathologist, thousands of dollars spent on helping me speak better. And to this day, there are still just shy of 30 words that I cannot say in public, no matter how rehearsed or comfortable I am, because I have a stutter. And I have really willed myself to move past this stutter in fact, if you ever snow ski with me or do any winter sport, my stutter is dramatically exacerbated. Like I can barely speak on a ski lift because the cold severely uh, ex exponentiates my stutter, if you will. And it's something that's been challenging for me my whole life, especially as a public speaker now, an author, host a radio program, and on this program. In fact, for those of you who have a stutter or know the difficulty of that, you know how much brain power it takes to be thinking about what words are coming up in the future. And if I know that a word is coming up in a sentence or two ahead of myself, I have to have a half dozen alternative words, kind of like metaphorical off-ramps, off the highway, avoid that word, and get back on. Which is why I kind of sometimes say crazy words that don't exactly fit the context, because I'm desperately in my brain trying to think about what word could I use that means kind of the same but doesn't match the word that I literally cannot say because of my stutter. I share that story, not to confess all of my sins, but to say, as I have matured, become more confident, I'm quite comfortable sharing 
what my troubles are. Now, as a Catholic, hopefully I'm not using the world as my confessional. So I'm mindful of not over-disclosing. But what I have found is the more vulnerable I am with audiences I'm speaking to, members on my team, my friends, the more that it endears me to them because I found that they take some refuge, that if Scott can overcome that, gosh, I can too. Now, there's a theory that's coined hanging a lantern on your troubles. And I have, for most of my adult life, chosen to proactively call out most of my challenges, right? I have a fairly efficient personality. You get that by now. That I like to race things along, check things off. I'm kind of always in a bit of an anxious state. I talk fast. I think fast. And for most of my life, I've had friends and family and colleagues say, Scott, slow down. Scott, speak faster. And you know what I say now? You know what? Maybe you should speed up. Maybe you should think faster to keep up with how fast I talk. Because I'm okay admitting and owning what might be perceived as my weaknesses, but in fact, I've kind of turned into strengths. Now, don't get me wrong. There's risk with being vulnerable. Because we all have detractors. I have a long list of people, I am sure, who do not like me, perhaps even loathe me. And I've come across many professional encounters where my detractors have tried to use my weaknesses against me. Well, Scott has ADD. Newsflash, I have a short attention span. I actually think it's an asset because I get a lot done and I move on to new things. But I'm not naive. And I'm mindful of that some people who don't have my best interest in mind will use my vulnerability as a weapon against me. You know what? I'm fine with that. I've got more supporters and friends and I do detractors. So if those people have it out for me, they're gonna have it out for me. You know what, join the blog post on, on the net that hates my hair, or hates my glasses, right? They've got more open spots. I'm glad if you wanna join those. It's not gonna detract my confidence from confronting, owning, and talking about my own challenges. I think vulnerability is a great tool to have as a leader. People like people that can admit their own mistakes, that can admit their faults, that can share their own messes. I've written a new book called Management Mess to Leadership Success. And the whole book is 30 of my messes, which you might think is odd for an executive officer and a leadership development company. Yeah, my entire career has been two or three successes and a whole stream of messes. And I've written them to empower other leaders and my friends and my colleagues to say, it's okay, own your mess, talk about it freely. Don't repeat it all the time. We all need to be on a journey from mess to success. But I think if each of us were more comfortable being vulnerable people, talking about what is your version of my stutter, I think you'll find the people on your team, not just to respect you more, but to be willing to admit their own messes and come to you more authentically with, gosh, you know what, I've had this fear of this, or I have a concern that I'm not good enough or smart enough or fast enough or technically competent enough. The more your people can open up to you, the better leader you can be to them. So think about, not disingenuously, not artificially, don't make something up to artificially try to get someone to respect or like you more. No doubt you've got something you could be a little, little more vulnerable about. 
that could become powerful to build high trust, high respect relationships inside your team. You know, recently I was preparing for an interview with Viola Davis, and I've shared this story many times, but I want to share it again. And as I was preparing for the interview, I was reading a passage around how Viola Davis, the famed actor, producer, director, was raised as a child in abject poverty. She didn't know where her next meal was coming from. If when she came home from school, the power would be on, would the water be on? And many nights she didn't eat, didn't have a shower. She would go to school reeking of urine and feces. Think about that, the beautiful, you know, red carpet, Emmy Oscar, Tony winning actress, Viola Davis going to school and smelling so much like urine that her friends would tease her and she would be sent to the principal's office where the principal would help to bathe her and get her some clean clothes. And, and that never left Viola Davis's sense of humility. When she came to Hollywood to break into acting, she was told to have thick skin, that there's great value in not letting people get to you. And I've always prided myself on having thick skin. You know, as I'm not easily offended, I probably am, that I'm not easily wounded, I probably am, but the fact that I've always thought that a weapon against those who didn't like me was, I've got thick skin, I can take it. Viola Davis shared something profound in this article. She said, the problem with thick skin is nothing gets in, but nothing gets out. Think about that. How much are you holding in because you've created a rough exterior where people actually don't know your insecurities? They don't know that you're naturally shy or you're not a great reader or you're not great at math. Who cares? What are your strengths, right? People are going to love you for your strengths and they're going to love you for your weaknesses as long as you're willing to talk about it, willing to share it. In fact, Viola takes it a step farther and she says, I don't want to have thick skin. I want to have translucent skin. Wow. Transparent skin, where stuff comes in and stuff comes out. Now, not so much that I take all of your crap and put it onto me, because oftentimes people's feedback about you is more about them. And the more expert you come at taking feedback and admitting your vulnerabilities, the more you'll realize what is about you and useful and what is about them and not useful. I think the Viola Davis example is so profound. Get rid of your thick skin. Move towards translucent, transparent skin. Think about the vulnerable parts of your life that if you were to be more honest about and share judiciously with people who you trust, could that increase your influence and your legacy as a leader? Hey, thanks for joining us. Hope you learned a few things on today's Scott's Thoughts. Look forward to inviting you back to next week's On Leadership series. Thank you for subscribing. We also push this out into every podcast platform on Franklin Covey, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate it, rank it, review it, give us your feedback, and we'll see you back here next week on Leadership.